words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. I welcome you this morning. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Every time you send your word, you send power with your word. You send healing with your word. You send life with your words. The words that you speak to us, they are life. They are powerful. So we open ourselves to your word this morning. We thank you that you prepared a place for us this morning to come into, to be a part of your work. And your name will be upon our lips. Your word will fill our spirits and our lives will be about you. Just pray this morning. Say, Lord, let my life be about you. Let my life be about you. I yield myself to you. I open my heart to you. I nudge myself in the courts of the living God. I bring myself, I draw my mind, I draw my heart to look upon your word. And I ask that as your word comes this morning, may your grace be released along with your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we're sharing on the topic known in the breaking of bread. Known in the breaking of bread. And I want us to stand up together as we read from John chapter 1. Let's stand up as we read together from John chapter 1 verse 6 to 13. So let's read together one, two, go. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You may be seated. Father, let the entrance of your word cause a resurrection power to be activated this morning in the simplicity of your word may light pierce every dark place in our hearts and our hearts truly connect to who you are we declare your love your power your grace in the name of jesus christ and everyone said amen amen thank you jesus thank you jesus hallelujah Another scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. I shall know as I am known. Repeat it. I shall know as I am known. The most important thing in Christianity 
is actually to know. The most important thing of our faith is actually to what? To know. To experience. To understand. To taste God is the most important thing. It says, now we see in a mirror. Look at me. Look here. I'm focusing on the people on this side right now. So you focus on me. I'm focused on you. So I will know you as you know me. Right? Okay. You have your attention? Okay. We see in a mirror. It's like we're looking at a mirror. A mirror is just a reflection of who? Yourself. But then when we see God face to face, it, the mirror image will be gone. It will be God as we've were seen. And when we see ourselves, we will know him as he knows us. What does that mean? We'll have fellowship with him as he has fellowship with us. We will understand him as he understands us. When you start to worship and follow after God, guess what happens? A holy interaction begins. That holy interaction is to do what? Is to cause you to understand God and pray to God that even your whole weaknesses are visible to God. So the psalmist will say, Lord, you see me, you know me, you know when I sit, you know when I rise. Even when he falls into sin, what does he say to God? Say, God, you know, my friend, I am dust. I am flesh and blood. I cannot do it by myself. What does that mean? He was actually alluding to what? He's God knowing him. That's what we must chase. The entire enterprise of Christianity is about knowing. It's about knowing. So to know as we are known is what we're chasing after. To understand as we are understood is what we're after. When we come into our families, we understand each other. When you marry someone, you begin to know the person more deeply. You know, Marriage is actually something that really uncovers the details of people's lives, right? When you marry, you now begin to see other details that you don't, you don't used to see. And when you quarrel before, when you're dating, what happens is this. In the evening, you quarrel, she will go to her home. You will also, what? Go to your home and everything, everybody will have time to recalibrate. And when they come back, Guess what will happen? There will be reconciliation. Do you guys understand this? So marriage offers us the opportunity to know details. So when you marry, you now begin to see the details. What are the details you see? Really private details like how they really eat. You know, everybody eats perfectly when they go out. They use crockery. You use your left hand to hold your fork, your right hand to hold your knife. When you marry, you now begin to see these people eat with spoon. No fork and knife anymore. Because the fork and knife is a delay, is delaying somebody too much. So, guess what will happen? 
Everybody just use a big spoon to put the food inside the mouth. That's the kind of detail you see when you're married. When you're married, guess another kind of detail you see. How truly clean the people are. Before you marry, everybody postures and there's a sense of like arranging. I, I, you know, like many young ladies when they want to go out, they just do a whole lot of makeup. Right? And I'm like, I really need this makeup at home. But says nobody ever. Nobody wears makeup at home. Do, do, do some people like at home is where your husband needs to see your beauty but how come you don't wear the makeup at home you only wear it when you are going out I wear suit at home yes <laughs> Pastor Easy asked why don't you wear suit at home of course I wear suit at home call me at 10 o'clock and see what will happen I'll be wearing suit <laughs> just reminded me of a time when <laughs> I think I traveled to another town. I had only one change of clothes. So I had to stay for one week. So, <laughs> what do you think happens every night? I wash the clothes. <laughs> I hang them by morning. I, I, then I had only one pair of shoes. What does that mean? I'm always wearing shoes. After, after a while, people ask me like, do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see somebody the day before you see them the next day, still suited up, still the same. They're asking me, Did you remove your clothes? I told you, Do you sleep? <laughs> At home, there is a dropping of the guards. At home, there is a removing of the of the veil. At home, there is a sense in which you begin to know. You begin to recognize the color or the sound of the person's voice. You begin to understand the feelings and the emotions of the person. At home, you begin to see what someone is really, really like. You know, we all try to make good claims, but you would have to ask someone else about the claims you make. The person who is going to mark the exam of my fatherhood, guess who the people are? my children so other people can look at me i can look at zena's children very nice kids i say to them oh how are you doing you know zoe how are you doing and then i can look at the boys and say hey how are you doing i can look at all i can look at pastor isis son jude and say hey how are you doing and the children will go and meet their father and say oh Pastor Mo is a really good man. But how long do I spend with them? So, the knowing, the real knowing of my fatherhood is by my daughters. They are the ones to mark the exam of my fatherhood if I've been a good father. The real stewardship of my being a husband will be marked by one woman. Her name is Hadiza. She will say whether I'm really a good man. You know, one day Hadiza said, hmm, everybody, there was a time when people used to think like I'm a really good man and they used to sing my praises all over the place. Oh, Pastor Mo, Pastor Mo. Hadiza said, hmm. I'm the one who wear the shoe. 
I know where he pinches. He can sing. <laughs> the exam of my being a husband is marked by my wife. The, the exam of being a good sister is marked by your sibling. The exam of being a good brother is marked by someone else. Every man will profess his goodness, the Bible says, but the Lord knows the heart of everyone. The quest in our heart is to know as we are known. The quest in our heart is to know as we are known. Many people come to church, but they don't know God. There is no tarrying. There is no staying. There is no intimacy. There is no fun with God. When they want to have fun, they have to go somewhere else. God is not fun. So to have fun means to watch a racy hip-hop video or to go to the movies where there is no God so to speak so everything fun they want to do is outside of God but when you begin to know God guess what happens their sense of intimacy begins to return prayer begins to become fun hang out with the brothers begins to become fun this is how you do life so our Christianity is not good until we'll do life together our Christianity is not good until we do life. So many people say, oh, I'm just attending this church. I'm not a part of this church. Then you haven't started Christianity. We, are, we will, in the body of Christ, we will know as we are known. In the body of Christ, we will what? We will know as we are known. In the body of Christ, we will what? Oh my goodness, you guys are not falling. I feel like my blood is boiling and you guys are at another frequency. In the body of Christ, we will know as we are known. Intimacy is power. When God becomes fun to you, when the glory of God is real to you, when the atmosphere of the divine is, is available to you, then you will know as you are known. Say amen. There are two remaining ordinances of the church. After the apostles gathered together, they decided they were going to take out all the ordinances all the sacrificing to bulls, all the animals, all these other things, they would take it out. The church decided they're going to cut down everything. You understand? When the church made that decision, they left only two remaining ordinances. Guess what the two ordinances remaining in the church are? Number one, water baptism. Water baptism is a public declaration of what God has done on the inside of you. When God does something on the inside of you, you go forward and you declare publicly that God has done something powerful on the inside of me. That's water baptism. And then it signifies, Pastor Ed, Prophet Adam was saying about this, that water baptism signifies that you are carried, you are buried, you die. You are buried, you die. And then you rise up with Christ. You experience the suffering, the brutalization, the death of Christ and his resurrection in water baptism. But guess the second ordinance that's left? Communion. Communion is actually all about being known of God and knowing God. Communion is actually about the open eye in the spirit. Communion is about intimacy. Communion is about 
revelation. Communion is about understanding. Communion is about remembrance. Communion is about appreciation of what God did for you. So these two, these two ordinances remain in the body of Christ for a reason. One is to show what God has done in you. The other one is to experience God. Communion is the only thing that is actually the symbolic representation of what you do in the spirit. Every other thing has been taken into the spirit. There's no physical temple anymore. So wherever you meet is the house of God. There is no physical uh, Ark of Covenant anymore. So wherever you have the presence of God, the Ark is there. There's no physical 12 stones. There are no more priests who stands before the Holy of Holies. So wherever a man purifies himself and lifts up his hands, that place becomes a sanctuary unto God. But you have one ordinance that represents something spiritual happening in the natural, and that is communion communion says Jesus said every time you do this you do show my death until I come for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face now I know in part but then I shall know just as I am known first Corinthians 13 12 God wants us to be known of him and one of the tools of knowing God, I'm repeating this so that you can hear it for emphasis. God wants you to know him in communion. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 24. Let's start from verse 28. As they approached the village where they were headed, he seemed to be going further, but they pleaded with him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost all over. So he went in to stay with them. While he was reclining at the table with them, he took bread, sp spoke a blessing and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they rec recognized Jesus. And he disappeared from their sight and they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he spoke with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has indeed risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two, then the two told what had happened on the road and how they recognized Jesus in the breaking of bread. The time when you are known of God is actually at the time of uncovering. In the first scripture we read, Jesus came to his own, but they did not know him. John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, verse 5. He came to bear witness of the light. He was not that light. But through him was this light that will light the light of man. The light shines in darkness. The darkness never overcomes sin. And then he says, he came to his own, but his own did not know him. They just did not re receive him. But as many as received that epiphany, as many as whose eyes are open to receive a revelation of who he is, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. He gave them the right to become the children of God. Epiphany is actually access. Epiphany, how to become a son of God is by recognition. The moment your eyes open in the spirit and you can know who God is, all of a sudden, sonship is coming. The moment your eyes open in the spirit and you can see who God is and what God is doing, sonship is coming. 
God is known. And he said, like these guys were with Jesus Christ. They were his disciples. They walked with him. But the moment he died and rose up, they could not recognize him again. Could it be that some of us are in church having the presence of God, having the atmosphere of God, but we don't recognize God's moments? Could it be that many of us are in the atmosphere of the spiritual, but we don't recognize that this is a God moment? This is a God moment. They heard his teachings. He made their hearts burn. He led them by scripture. He explained himself, but nothing makes him known until the breaking of bread. It's in the time when he took the bread. It's in the time when he reclined at table. It's in the time of fellowship. It's the time when he sat down to meal with you. So how intimate are you with God? Let me ask you again. How intimate are you with God? You will know God in the time of intimacy. In the time of doing life. In the ordinariness of everyday life. One moment will emerge when the grace of God will come in. One moment will emerge when God will break into the normalcy of your everyday life. On a normal day, on a normal time, God will come to the place where you are. Amen. If you believe this, say amen. God wants us to anticipate this knowledge, this fellowship, this, ac this access into his treasure room. This story is a story of two men on the road to Emmaus. I know that you already read the story. So I was just actually running to bring the allegory of the fact that they walked with Jesus Christ and they were talking about resurrection. And Jesus Christ was saying to them, haven't you heard that the Messiah is coming and he was going to be born and he was going to die? Do you know, they never really knew the message. They were followers of Jesus, but they never really knew what Jesus was about. They walked with him every day. They heard him feed, they saw him feed the 5,000. They were his disciples. Cleopas and his friend were definitely disciples of Jesus Christ, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't know what he was about. What was Jesus really about? What did he come to do? You know what the story they were telling? They were saying, oh, he's a good man. This good man just, oh my God, this good man just died. This good man just died. They were saying, oh, and the women are saying that his body has been stolen. Jesus was this is the savior of the world. Jesus is the one who brings redemption for all mankind. Jesus came not to end the Roman government, but to end the regime of sin in the lives of people. Jesus came so that he will die and resurrect, but even his closest disciples did not know what this was about. Could it be that we're in church? Could it be that we're even pastors? Could it be that we're leaders and we don't know that this whole thing, this whole enterprise of God is not just about lifting up a few men it's not just about showing up in a few places. It's actually an eternal movement of a mighty God who is advancing in grace, advancing in power, advancing in redemption to draw all men back. Could it be that many of us do not know? So we assume that everything about God is to bless us, is to make us feel better, is to take us to a new place, is to give us heaven. Could it be that many of us are in church but we are misplaced in the order of what we think the journey of faith and the enterprise of God is all about could it be that many of us are thinking that Jesus Jesus dying means that we will have all our needs met yes and no you have all your needs needs met but that's not what it's about it's actually a fallout of what Jesus did 
Do you know what this was about? That man created in the image and the likeness of God lost the glory. That man created in the image and likeness of God lost the glory. I say this before and I say it again. When everyone has a million dollars in their bank account, when every one child goes to school across Africa, when all of Asia receives money to, to make health better, when there's no more coronavirus and there's no more HN, HN15 uh, uh, avian flu, when all diseases have been wiped out of humanity, when man can have, when everybody has a Porsche, a, a Ferrari packed in his front Porsche and a, and, a, and, a, and a boat to go on the lake, when everything looks okay, when GDP per capita income is $10,000 per person per day, when all of humanity is awash with flood with prosperity man will still be hungry and in desperate need of God because this enterprise this entire journey is about that man was created in the image and the likeness of God and he lost it this entire enterprise many of us do not remember anymore that we were created in Eden Pastor Isi was describing the power of Eden, the power of the full man. There's on, on, on Friday, describing the power of the full man in Eden. How Adam anchored into God and named all the animals. How Adam just knew what was in God's heart. Whatever Adam called, God called. Whatever Adam said, God said. Whatever God said, Adam said. And these were the people who knew God. He existed in the realm of perfect union. That man understood what God, like right now, the elements of the earth are fighting man. The systems of the earth are fighting man. The ground is cursed because of man. Why? Because of the fall. Because of the fall. That man created in the image and likeness of God lost the glory lost the glory lost the knowing lost the recognition lost the power so see when everything is perfect in the world i know many of us are chasing girl child empowerment many of us are chasing feminism many of us are chasing you know economic empowerment many of us are chasing many many things but nothing is as important as the fact that man created in the image and likeness of God lost the glory. He lost the plot. He lost something that he was. He lost something. And the entire enterprise of the coming of Jesus Christ will be rubbish if it's not about restoration, redemption. And they did not recognize Jesus Christ. Two of his closest disciples did not know what it was about. He had to explain to them again why he came. I have to explain to them, didn't you read that Christ must be born? Didn't you read? But you know, they couldn't understand him until they sat down to bread. It's just something about the breaking of bread that opens eyes. He's known in the breaking of bread. All of you must look for those watering holes, those places where there is bread. Bread is powerful. Bread is like lunch. So call your friends and cook lunch for them and then break bread known in the breaking of bread a moment of epiphany when eyes open and people can see clearly what god is about
I hear the Spirit of God saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. I want you to know me. It's not worth it except you know me. It's not worth it except you know me personally. Except you hear my voice. Except I restore you back to Eden. It's not worth it. Every pursuit is not worth it. Everything else is not worth it. Every project is not worth it. Every idea is not worth it. Every brilliant thing, every enterprise of man is not worth it. All attempts are by man to do anything is not worth it. If it's not about the glory, it's not worth it. There is only one purpose that will be immutable. There is only one essence that will be timeless. There is only one journey that will never cease. And that is in the knowing of the Lord. And this happens when we rejoice in Him. This happens when we delight in Him. This happens when we fellowship with the Spirit of God. This happens when we tabernacle. This happens when we stay in the place where the glory of God is real. This happens in the eyes and in the hearts of those people who open themselves up. I wish that someone this morning would say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know as I am known. Now I see, Lord God, I see you clearly. I can see you clearly now I can see the beauty in your eyes I can see what amazing love you have given to me I can see what power you're releasing on the earth and I know that is in the breaking of bread the breaking of bread is the time for the miraculous the breaking of bread is a time for healing the breaking of bread is a time for remembrance. The breaking of bread is a time for participation. So God calls us to participate in Him, to be in Him, to walk in Him, to hold Him, to long after Him, to desire Him. And the breaking of bread is that time when we remember what Christ has done for us, when we anticipate the, the move of God in the earth. So it's not just about the wine you drink. It's not just about the, the cup in your hand. It's not just about that loaf of bread. It's a, it's a power in the spirit it's a power in the spirit where you're saying God I'm reaching out from the earth these articles these mundane articles remind me of your finished work of your sacrifice for me so I give myself back to you I give myself back to you so it's supposed to be a fellowship of the believers when believers gather together and begin to anticipate the Lord's table and begin to desire what God wants to do and began to desire the finished work of cry of God on the cross there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin is plunged beneath the flood Lose all the guilty stain and lose all the guilty stain. The sin has plunged me in the floor. Lose all. Yeah.
John chapter 6 verse 47 truly truly I tell you he who believes has eternal life verse 48 says I am the bread of life your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness yet they died this is a bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone who may eat of it may not die I am the living bread that has come from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and this bread which I give for the life of the world is my flesh is my flesh at this the Jews began to argue among themselves how can this man give us his flesh to eat so Jesus said to them truly truly I tell you unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the son of man you have no life in you whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood and remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. Unlike your fathers who ate manna and died, the one who eats this bread will live forever. three things I will tell you about the communion when you participate you have the power of incarnation the Bible says God it is God who wills to do of his own good pleasure in you you cannot become what you hate so when you participate in the body of Christ is when you can incarnate into the body of Christ when you hate God's idea, when you hate his wisdom, when you hate God's idea of life, you cannot be prospered by the same thing you hate. Participation brings incarnation. Incarnation is becoming, becoming like Christ. Participating in Christ brings you into becoming like Christ. This morning, I invite you to participate in Christ. Be immersed in Christ. Then he said, this is the heavenly bread that brings life. It, your fathers ate manna and are dead. So Jesus began to talk about the things in the world that destroys. Many eat the flesh. Many eat of the flesh and it ends up in hunger. Many do everything and it's not 100% God. So it doesn't satisfy Third, I will know as I am known. Like at the beginning I said, the biggest idea of Christianity is to be known by God. When you say in Jesus' name, what happens? The Spirit recognizes your voice. You have power. You know, if we say, if we all say in Jesus' name now, in all our in Jesus' name in the Spirit realm, we take ranking. The level of knowledge of God would determine. That's why the seven sons of Sceva could say to, to Paul, to, to, to the, so the demon man, demoniac could say to the seven sons of Sceva, Paul I know, Jesus I know, who are you? 
He said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, come out. What is the Jesus in your life? What's the Jesus quotient in your life? Let's say we're measuring by percentage. You know, man is 70% water, they said, right? It's 90% water. Pastor ID, how many percentage water is man? Yeah, you're not a doctor, right? Pastor Isi, can you help? You're a geologist. What's the percentage of man? You know about fossil fuels and stuff. Yeah, but what's the percentage of man donated to the earth? Kumi, do you know? Oh my God, someone help me. What's the percentage of man is? 70, okay, I got it right the first time. I want to just be sure because of online audience. Some of them are fast fact checking me on Google. Can I tell you guys something? Man is 70% water. But guess what? When you know God, what percentage of God do you know? What percentage of you is God in the spirit? With every best prophet, there is the infilling, the flavor of the prophets in the prophecy. What, what is your percentage of yourself inside your prophecy? And what's the percentage of God? That is actually what determines the effectiveness of your declaration. It's the percentage of God inside of you. How much of what you say is yours and how much of it is God? Because a prophet must be inside his message. God doesn't, he's not offended by that. But what's the percentage? So if you're like 98% God, that's actually the best of human beings. There's no prophet that doesn't influence his message. But what's the percentage? If your message is like 60% yourself and 40% God, it's a lot of error. Can I tell you guys something? When we say in Jesus' name, that word takes a rank. So you look at a demon-possessed demon man, you say, in Jesus' name. It's not the name of Jesus that is powerful. It's actually according to the power that is at work in you. How much of the Jesus you are declaring do you know? The demons will not just obey because of the name of Jesus Christ. I remember one vampire movie a long time ago. Somebody carried a cross and it was shaking. Said, the cross... The vampire came and grabbed the cross from the mouth and I said, ah, you must believe it. You must believe it. And then, ah, at the person. Can I tell you something? It's not just about the general knowledge of the word of God. It's actually about the word of God that has speculated on the inside of you. It's the one that you own. It's the one that you process. It's the one that you become. And how can you become? Participation. You will know as you are known. In the world today, young men starve and fair maidens lack because of the lack of the knowledge of God. Participate. I invite you to what? Participate. Participate. Join in. Jump into the enterprise of God. Enlist and roll in the membership of God. This is not about a church invitation. It's an invitation into the spirit. It's an invitation into the family of God. It's an invitation into, into the dwelling of the knowledge of what God is about. This is actually not a message for unbelievers as it is a message for believers who stand like the men who followed Jesus Christ all his life but didn't know what Jesus was about. Finally, I invite you to come and eat at the Lord's table. Come and eat what is good. John chapter 7 verse 37 Everyone who is thirsty, let him come 
Everyone who is hungry, let him come and eat. As the scriptures have said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come and eat. Come and participate. Come and taste. Come and taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Reach beyond the bread and the wine. Think about what this represents. The Jesus said, as long as you eat this bread and drink this cup, think about me. Remember me. Remember that I died for you. Participate in me. Participate in my enterprise. Many of us are powerful, but we're still waiting. We're still watching from afar what God will do. Jump in today. This message may not be for everyone, but for someone here, God is saying, stop waiting. Stop dilly-dialing. Jump in. Come in. Eat the bread. Drink the cup. Participate. Sit down. I prepare the feast for you. Eat. 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 Rejoice in the wine. Rejoice in the bread that I prepared for you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we do this, life begins to break out. And when we do this, intimacy begins to happen. And when we do this, we begin to receive a revelation of who God is about and what God's enterprise on earth, the restoration of the glory. Nothing restores the glory more than sitting at the feet of the master. And the Bible records that when we eat this bread and drink this cup, that even sicknesses will be, will be broken off from our back and even sins will be forgiven. And even all the bad things that happen in the world will, will be covered. There will be a seal of protection because we now enlist into an army. We enlist into a force, into a movement that is bigger than us do you want to be known today do you want to see clearly the glory of God eat his flesh and drink his blood he came to his own his own did not know him he came and sat among his people they did not recognize him he sat among the people where the people of God they did not know him the sons of Abraham could not recognize what he's about the, the children who this thing was for did not know what it was about so God had to move outside the Jews and go to the Gentiles to give it to a new people do you want to participate do you want to participate the Bible says let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he falls can i ask you do you want to participate say yes lord 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 shake a turn back and stones amazing grace Sweet the sound that said a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Oh, I can see you See the love in your eyes. You lay in yourself down. You're raising up the broken to life. Close your eyes. There's an invitation for you today. You may have been a Christian a long time, but God is asking you to know Him. Know Him today. Know Him in a deep, deep, in a deep different way. 
know him for sure that every prayer you pray he hears you know him like the two men who said silver and gold we have not but such as we have we give unto you participate intimately sit at table to break bread and to eat sit at table sit at table with the master we thank you oh lord our god we receive this testament of grace and power and life thank you lord god pray over yourself lay your hand on your chest say lord give me a new level of knowledge at the end of paul's ministry he says that i may know him and the power of his resurrection this is a man who had, who had evangelized all the roman territories this is a man who had the record of traveling the most as a minister He's a lawyer and a philosopher who wrote more than half of the New Testament. He's a man who has been beaten with swords and left for dead three times. He's a man who has been shipwrecked many times. Serpents grabbed him. He went through so much pain. At the end of his journey, he said, One thing I do, I forget the things which are behind and I press on for the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, that I may know him. Christianity is all about knowing what's the level of knowledge you have. Say, Lord, that I may know you. That I may know you. Lay your hand on your chest and say, Lord, that I may know you. Scream out loud. Don't worry about who is looking and don't worry about ceremonies. We're here to meet with God. Just for a moment, just for a little moment, just say, Lord, that I may know you. That I may know you. Give me a new level. Give me a new level. Yes, give me a new level of knowledge. Increase my ranking. Lord, increase my ranking in the spirit. When I pray, let life break out. Increase my level of spiritual water. Increase the flow in my life. Raise the level of grace in me. Raise it up, oh God. So pray one more time. Mahandi sakoma shalura ya no stema. Minkado shikrado stema lakra sakama nimba saya. Ekatomo salubra do stema nanka suda. And I may know you, O oh God, that I may understand, O oh God, that I may phantom who you are. Lord God, open my eyes, O oh God, open my spiritual eyes, O oh God, to know you, to participate in you, to restore the glory of lost man, to rebuild that which has been broken, O oh God, to restore systems of the earth because I know you because I walk in you because I participate in you my God give me the revelation give me the epiphany that moment of knowledge of you a new level oh God my God yesterday's grace is no more enough for me today one thing I come I come and I'm hungry I'm in need of a new level I'm in need of a new level of grace and power oh God I'm in need and my soul cries out for you the living God and I may know you that I may know you I may know you let's have a meal let me reveal who I am 
Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.